Greetings. My name is Ginger Donnell, creator and host of Broken Boxes Podcast. It is an honor to begin a new series of interviews with artists participating in Unseated Voices, anti-colonial street artist conversions, which is a biennial convergence of primarily Indigenous-identified women, two-spirit, queer, Black, and women of color street artists and takes place in the unceded territories, also known as Montreal. Unceded Voices will take place this year, August 13th through 21st. The goal of the convergence is threefold. To develop a network of solidarity and support between Indigenous women, Two-Spirit, Queer, and Women of Color street artists. To promote anti-colonial resistance through diverse street art interventions and to foster relationships and dialogue between the collective and the broader community. Through street art interventions such as murals, wheat paste, stencil, graffiti, textile art, performances, etc., the artists in Unseated Voices Collective are from all over Turtle Island and express their demands, identities, and histories. Our first episode is with participating artist Jessica Kennard. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this series. It is an honor to participate with Unseated Voices for 2017 through Broken Boxes podcast. Buju anak mangan indigenous, shigo Jessica Kennard indigenous, Neonji Seging First Nation, shigo Winnipeg Manitoba, Makwani Dundem, Nino Jibwe Ikwe, Ni Omamazi Nibinige. Hi, my name is Jessica Kennard. My spirit name is Starwolf. I'm from Seging First Nation, but born and raised in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I'm an Ojibwe woman. I'm an artist. I'm from the Bear Clan. Um, yeah, I've been practicing like consciously, like since I was 16. I'd consider myself a professional now. I do a lot of street art style work. I do large scale murals. I facilitate a lot of art workshops with youth. That's my main focus. I'm really about uh, being a part of the public and making art more accessible for the public. And it does a lot of amazing things like community building and just like changing neighborhoods and making it beautiful and all this stuff. And I'm so into that. And I've got a lot of my training, like I'm not professional, like I'm not a professional artist. I don't have a degree in art. Uh, I do have a degree in business and administration. I've got a bachelor's from the Winni- like University of Winnipeg, but I've just been making art so much and for so long. And I've had a lot of opportunities through like nonprofit organizations that like make art accessible for youth that I've been able to build a career from that. Like shout outs to the Graffiti Art Gallery or Graffiti Art Programming Inc. You guys are amazing. (laughs) Uh, 
Synonym Art Consultation for making amazing opportunities available for like emerging artists and just creating spaces. Oh yeah. And I can go, yeah, I don't know what else <laughs> to say. Um, so how did you, who was the first person who kind of showed you the way that art could be um, a sustainable approach to your life or something that you wanted to pursue? Was there a person or a moment that kind of shifted you into like owning that term artist? Oh, well, going through school was weird. Just like, you know, all those pressures, like, what are you going to be when you grow up? What are you going to do with your life? Is that going to make you money and things? And it was just very overwhelming. And I felt like I had to pick like right away. So I was just uh, in high school. Um, I had some like some crazy times with friends and I'm just like super stubborn too. I don't want to do something that I'm going to like dread waking up to like every day. I'm don't want like a nine to five suit and tie office job. I've never wanted that. And so I just like decide being an artist. That's like, that's going to be fun. I'm down to do that. There's lots of cool stuff. It's like super open, but also like in its own little box in its weird way. Yeah. And so I talked to my art teacher at Argyle and she told me to go to the graffiti art gallery because they were having this mentorship program called the Urban urban canvas program it's this 48 week mentorship program where they like bring in professional artists in different mediums so I got to like try oil painting uh from this like amazing lady who like went all the way to Europe just to like learn how to like paint in oil uh like comic book illustration graphic arts uh photography and like just building a portfolio and we had our first like art show. And after that, I was just like, yeah, this is it. This is what I want to do. And I just started facilitating art workshops with youth at 17 and just never really stopped. Although working at a nonprofit organization, um, I thought more about like the structure and the business aspect to that and how these organizations work and function. And then like, work and function within society, within like the law, within how they work with the government and all these like different levels too, like municipal, provincial, you know, national, international, all this stuff. I was very curious. So I decided to like business and administration compared to like going for a studio arts degree because I got to make art all the time and doing what I was already doing. So might as well like learn something else if I could. And, uh, yeah. It seems like a really important um, skill set to have, like organizing and business and because it seems like now more and more um, artists are implicated to kind of like create their own path of survival, you know? Um, so having those skills is probably really helpful to you. I mean, is it? <laughs> oh my, like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, like, I'm technically like my own like little business, whether it's like a sole proprietorship, like I could incorporate eventually depending on like how well life goes. And like, I want to share this knowledge with all like my other friends who would want to pursue these things, but are just, it's really intimidating if you don't have this, all this, like, here's all this structure and like process and how all this stuff functions in the background compared to like, just making your art. There's a lot of like that, like paperwork aspect and it can be simple and there's lots of people out there to like help and support you in it so that's why like I just 
want to share it. And I find it super important, like writing budgets or like even just writing in general, like knowing about different audiences and then preparing like a proposal, like, and then knowing like who's it for. And then you can like structure in a certain way. So it like, it's just for them. And that without all this extra info, that could just be like, you can use at the project with the people to like inspire them. Because sometimes people just want to hear the numbers or they just want to hear like, a, B, C, D, like one, two, three, like just super basic stuff. And it's sometimes really hard to, if you've never like been shown that before. Find a look, sing it to the fame. Write a hook, excel and aim. Break a book, bring it to the brain. Found a crook, drag into the game. Crook and snook, try to get your frame. Shake and shook, cry into the pain. Time it took, fly into the pain. And what type of content do you work um, in with your art? What's your, what's your approach to content? Oh, man. Well, I do a lot of different things. Like, I make art just like my own personal art. And so that's just like based on how I'm feeling on my environment, I noticed I drew a lot of super depressing male faces with uh, cityscapes built into them when I was like going through school. I'm like, okay, maybe this is because of just like the institutionalized structured and format and that how it came before that and like all the history involved within that. And then making art with youth, I always let them decide what they want to do. Like, they get to pick the content and I'm just there giving them like the skills and like, think about it this way. Oh, this is the steps for it. If you want it to like last a little longer than just today, my friend. Yeah. (laughs) And then like making murals for like clients, it's always on what they want or definitely I've done like community consultations. So like getting everyone's idea, like I've done one at um, the North Point Douglas Women's Center through the Graffiti Art Gallery. So all the ladies who would just come by would come hang out. And so we just asked what they wanted to see. They just told us or they drew it out. And and then they got to help make the mural with us. It was awesome. And then they got to decide like, no, can you change this in the sketch? Can you change that? Actually, like this. Okay, good to go. This is what we want on our wall. And it was so much fun because I didn't have to think about anything. I just had to, like, just draw it out and then help them paint it. But uh, I'm super stoked to paint uh, for Unseated Voices because I get to paint whatever I want. And that is, like, some of my favorite stuff. I am going to be participating in my first Sundance ceremony next week. And so I want to paint based on my experiences there. So I'm told uh, we'll be like dancing for four days, like no food or water. Got to do a lot of sweat ceremonies in the morning. And us ladies wear these long red dresses that cover our art, like down to our wrists and ankles. And then we make cedar bracelets and crowns. So I kind of thinking about painting women dancing like that for like Montreal. And so let's let's dive into your work with Unseated Voices. Is this the first year that you've ever engaged with the project? This is my second year participating. I was in 2015, but the way I got involved was just like super random. So I was at a punk show in Winnipeg. Uh, my friend Jordan brought Dana Danger. Like those two are really good friends to the punk show because Dana wanted to go to a punk show. And so Jordan was like, hey, come meet my friend. And uh, 
she's an artist and you're an artist. And so we just like, it just worked really well. I told her I was like going out to Montreal during this like time period because I was going out to this grindcore festival to go watch my friends' bands, which was a lot of fun. And, uh, <laughs> but the festival was going on and she asked me to paint with her. And so I did. And we collaborated on this uh, wheat paste mural. It was very like feminine. She brought these large scale photos of herself. And I did, uh, these sugar skull, like kitties and diamonds, just hard for me feeling stuff. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what, what's your feeling about the festival and about the project? What does it represent to you? I'm stoked at the that I get to paint my experiences as an Indigenous woman just because, like, that content isn't as widely available, especially even, like, in mural festivals, like, nowadays. Like, there's starting to pop up, like, all over in major cities, which is awesome, and they're, like, providing, like, money for artists to make art, which is awesome, but sometimes it's, like, big names, and it's just, like... Sometimes, like, I just don't see a lot of myself or, like, my history or background or experiences. I just don't see it represented. So I just see this as an opportunity to, especially with, like, I was born and raised in the city. Like, I didn't start going to ceremonies. I didn't get my spirit name until I was 16. Like, just that disconnection. And it for me, it was super fulfilling to find that and like participate in all of that. And I know like a lot of youth that I work with because I work um, just just in the, like the types of neighborhoods, uh, like in the North Point Douglas North End neighborhood, just the demographic population is just a lot of lower income families or yeah, and just a high like an indigenous population. So I'm just like working with a lot of these like awesome youth but they are also disconnected like me but I have an opportunity to show them through that because I had opportunities to learn through that and then having these opportunities to paint these imageries to take up these space in public spaces is also an opportunity just to say like hey we're here and if other people can relate like maybe they can find out like more about this festival and then like find out like more about just what's going on within like our communities and stuff. Not trying to impress anyone. All I'm doing is trying to have me some fun. If I enjoy it, you know, I'ma get it redone. If I explore it, I'ma pass it on to my son. Feeling confused, so I'ma go for a run. Get some fresh air and catch me some sun. I'm traditional, so don't call me a nun. Ain't a hood rat, so I don't roll with a gun. What role do you think art has, like, beyond just this one festival, but have you seen it have a positive impact on youth in your work um, in connecting them back to themselves and to their place? Like, what is that story? What's the connection of art as being a tool or a catalyst for that reconnection you talk about? Just, like, a way to, like, take some time to, like, sit down in a not-so-pressured environment, like, making art. Like, everyone makes art differently. You can do whatever you want. Um, at least I've been working in a lot of multimedia. I don't do too much traditional-type forms. I will be doing some beading workshops. But just art in general, like, 
opens up a lot of dialogue where you can have these like personal conversations go on. It's like these like kind of like weird, like informal sharing circles. I find like a lot of us like talk about like what's going on in our lives. And like, we find out like similar things or they find out something about me or I find out something about them that we want to know more about like culture, like sharing culture and like, I tell them about like going to ceremonies all the time. And then I hear about like them wanting to like, Oh, I want to know more. And just based like, just by making art with them and having these just little conversations just has a big impact. Cause then I also have like access to all these like resources in the sense of like, Oh, I know that there's these free sweats going on here this week or that week or this month. And there's all these other awesome programs where you can get like connected to your culture or learn more about like the traditional aspects and stuff, just because of all the like nonprofit organizations that have been going on that I've got to connect to because like I've worked for graffiti gallery for so long and they provide lots of like art workshops too, like not just at the community centers, like in the North Point Douglas, North End, Central area, because we work out at like seven different sites. But these uh, other organizations that are putting on events and stuff, like just hire us to come down to make art with the people and then we can gather their ideas. And it's just a great way to like open up talk, like the conversation. Mm. Can you tell me about like, um, how you're preparing yourself? Are you excited? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm super excited. Like, um, I'm going to be doing facilitating an art workshop out there with Dana Danger. It's kind of, well, it's called Beat and Chill. It's going to be on August 16th. So if like any of your listeners are out in Montreal, August 16th, and they're free from like 6 till 9 p.m. over at the Ashkan Cultural Center. It's just like near the St. Lawrence River there. We'll just be beating. We'll have a whole bunch of like free material for you to use. Uh, have lots of examples for like earrings. You can bring projects that you've already started or just start something down there. We'll have like snacks like tea, bannock, coffee, cookies, things like that. Just come hang out and we can like build these connections and these networks and just share information and just chill. And so have you and Dana Danger had a, a strong relationship form since since your first engagement with Unseated Voices? Yeah, we definitely like we'll send each other like cute messages, check in on each other, definitely like always watch what each other are up to. And again, we have a lot of like similar friends just to do to the arts community, the queer community. Yeah, it's just friendly, awesome people. It's great. Mm. So I'm just excited to like hang out some more and just spend more time together. Mm. And are you friends with any of the art other artists that are engaging in the project this year? No, I didn't get to meet anyone last time. I was just more or less got to uh, like meet uh, just some of the people helping out and volunteering. Um, oh man, I'm just super excited to actually get to meet everyone this time and like hang out with them and just hear their experiences. And I'm just excited to see what they're going to do. Oh yeah. Cause I'll actually have time to now. Cause I'm not at a grindcore festival. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's good to, it's good to um, have time for that too though. Right. <laughs> yeah. This one will definitely be way more focused and I just want to like make stronger connections with these artists just because 
here in Winnipeg, I'm very involved in the arts community. And there's like an annual mural festival we got going on called Wall to Wall. And so we're out like, maybe they could come down in the future. Maybe there's stuff going on in their hometown that like I can come out for, or like some of the artists that I know, maybe they know other organizations and our organizations can collaborate. Like, I'm just excited to see what like we can all do with each other Mm. and make happen. Yeah. And so how can you talk about your feelings in relationship to being a queer indigenous artist? And um, have you had, safe space in creating your work in relationship to that or maybe what are some of the challenges that you've had uh i definitely identify as female i definitely identify as indigenous um i'm very involved in the queer community but i'm i don't know if i take on the label as queer myself mm-hmm. yeah an indigenous female artist i love like hanging out with my friends. You're an accomplice. I, You're down. <laughs> yeah. I'm an ally. I think that's the word. Yeah. I love like helping out at events, going to events, uh, participating in talks, um, like making sure that there's spaces available for that. Like, yeah. cause all communities are important or just like, I understand the feeling of being marginalized or like being made fun of or like talked down to just based on like, someone like yeah it's not being yeah it's funny I always I always like assume everybody is queer (laughs) for some reason (laughs) and I mean I think that's like a compliment because like I think queer people are the bomb you know um so so I'm always like so how is it being queer and like so many people are like I'm not queer ginger (laughs) I'm like oh never mind I'm super flattered I just I never knew how to, I, like, I still don't even know how to talk about it. Like, I'm super involved, but, like, I'm totally into dudes and, like, only dudes. And, like, uh, yeah, like, like not going to lie, I totally like to touch boobs and butts, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're at an interesting place where, um, where if you align with and recognize, like, everyone's struggles as, um like your own, you know, like we're working together and moving together for the greater good of like growth and forgiveness and healing. It really, it really makes it kind of complicated to identify as like a straight, like heteronormative human because you don't align with all of those approaches to living, you know? Yeah. I don't feel like I like hit all like the check marks for that department but like I know I fall like more in that department than like any other uh, it's just it's I don't yeah yeah like I've been like introduced to like terms like gender fluid and I'm like ooh, I like that because I find that um I come off as very feminine sometimes in the sense of the way I dress now before I was like super hardcore tomboy but like and I'm very like masculine, but like definitely into the dudes. Yeah, it's definitely a lady. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but I'm also like, yeah, very like strong and stubborn and very masculine. Like, I wrestle with my brothers and they're scared of me. Like, type thing. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm like six two, but I don't know. <laughs> You can hold it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spitting words, all the same. Different lives, the same game. 
hard to rhyme, love to rhyme. Who's gonna take up the mic? Take up the mic. Take up the mic. Just stepped out the comfort zone. In other words, just left my home. Now feel like the brown sheep. I just can't turn white or black. Yes, metaphorically and literal. It's still the same, no superiority and cynical. This world contains so scared of failure. Can't even write my name. Even if I was quarantined in a room with no window, I'd want one for an opportunity to get distracted. Can't write an inch of a lie, my brain refuses erase that. Go back to square one. This blank paper is the one who's square. But there's two sides to the papers and stories. I don't got right. Uh, unseated voices uh, also kind of falls under the moniker, if I'm understanding correctly, of decolonizing street art. Mm-hmm. And what does that term decolonize mean to you? Like, how do you how do you approach that, and what does it mean to you? I noticed by going to more ceremonies and just like practicing more and spending more time with like people that hold this traditional knowledge that there's like a very different worldview outlook, how they like choose, like how information is taken in, how they even perceive time, like, um, like native standard time, like it'll happen when it's meant to happen. And I know like here and now it's, no, you, you need to be on time <laughs> type thing. Like, and for me, uh, I just want to incorporate more of the traditional into my life. And that for me is like the decolonizing for me, sharing that knowledge that I've learned with uh, those younger than me, because they want to have, I know they want it too. Like I wanted it. And that for me is like decolonizing. Um, I also don't think that it's just, you know, like I'm never going to be 100% like traditional living in the bush, even though I romanticize about it all the time. Like, (laughs) screw you society. I don't need to pay your bills. I'm just going to live off the land because I technically could, but that's a lot of hard work. And I really like the internet and bacon and things like this that I could... (laughs) not really find in the wild like pizza where do I find pizza in the wild so yeah I don't think I'll ever be able to fully decolonize but I want to be able to like blend both of these different worlds together and bring like pick out like the best of both worlds type deal and how do you think art has um has a hand in decolonizing um humanity um, well, like art in general, like throughout history has defined cultures. It's like what is usually left behind once a civilization or like that society is gone. And so the art is just super important in that aspect alone. So I just want to create art that reflects my culture so that, you know, like it might be left behind when like my society or civilization is gone. At least that's still there, right? Even if people don't understand fully what it means. Mm-hmm. No, but no, maybe no, they really. can relate <laughs> mm-hmm. to a feeling, vibe. Mm-hmm. So so you were talking a little bit earlier about um, 
your approach to um, content possibly engaging with like um, ceremony and like the the approach that women take to um, processing that um, point of engagement and do you feel like engaging on a wall with those kind of visuals is something that is um, is safe to do is appropriate how what's your what's your feeling around navigating like approaching traditional knowledge into public spaces oh man I was like I read this awesome article like written by Leonard Monkman just talking about social media and ceremonies and like just the times that are changing I'm in this like weird phase where like I'm super I grew up with computers and the internet like my whole life and just like sharing is just the way things are are natural to me um I also know that ceremonies are super sacred like I would never like go in and like videotape within like the lodge or even just at it uh, I do let people know hey I'm going to it and these places are going on if you want to join me via social media but I haven't actually like taken photographs or videos of it I have drawn images like while I'm there like of the fire and like of tobacco ties lately it's just and very like foreground images it's just like this is it, like a lot of symbolism involved mm -hmm. and the things that I notice that I'm very attached to or like focus on when I'm at ceremony. And so when I go to my Sundance, I actually want to talk to like the elders that are performing this and just talk about it. Um, Cause uh, Leonard was saying that he got a picture of himself coming out of like the sweat after he's finished his first Sundance and like him hugging his mom and how that was like super important to have that like memory. It wasn't like during or before, but like just the afters of the coming out. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, yeah. So I'm curious as to hear elders opinions on it. Cause I know before, like historically everything was super hush hush because it was illegal and you could be punished and it was not okay. And like, I'm sure, like, some violent things would go down at these things if they were found, because it was not okay. It's just the culture, the practice of it, which I also am super attached to, because it's like, oh, that's is so rebellious. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're just, like, doing our things, trying to make ourselves feel good on the inside, and you're telling us no? Well, I'm still going to make myself feel good type thing. I love it definitely always got to go to your elders first and just like talk to them about it and debate if you need to like this is what I think this is my experiences and like what comes out of it like because they might not have had those experiences and when you share it with them they might be able to understand and see from your point of view mm -hmm. and then like because a lot of youth in general like talk and connect via social media, via the internet, via a lot of technology. And if like our traditional, like, or at least act or like introduction to the culture, tradition, like ceremonies and this knowledge, like if it's not on there, like how are they gonna find it? Mm -hmm. Other than just like meeting the people, but also not everybody has it mm -hmm. or not all of it. Cause it takes a community, I'm told. Not one person has every, like, has all the answers and you can only like find the answers within the people that you meet throughout life <laughs> and time.
Was there a transformative moment for you with your work? Um, like growing up, being a kid, I never really liked myself. Uh, I had like a lot of negative experiences within like the school system and stuff like this. And just always not always feeling like the odd one out and being made to feel that different it was wrong um and like through art it changed a lot like all of that and well I'm slowly still working on that you know it's a lifetime process but it is definitely the way I pulled myself out of that and to see myself in a different light like before like seeing myself as an artist I didn't really see anything good in myself and then now that I've seen like art as a way to like pull myself out of that like people like the stuff that I made I was like what why you like my art okay cool and then having more opportunities to show that art and make that art and just like participating in workshops is amazing and especially as a youth you have so many opportunities like there's like just even making art, like you, people want to hear what you have to say, especially from like the isolated communities that you may be coming from. You have so much to say and art is a way you can do it. Like through music, through dance, there's lots of like grants and programs, like nonprofit organizations that are working to like bring your guys' voices out there, like the Mikhail Jean Foundation and things like this. So like, I was able to like, I'm traveling to Montreal based on art because that's just all I've chosen to do. And if that's something that like you want to do, pursue it and tell people that's what you want to do. And you'll find people along the way who are going to support you and show you and teach you as long as you're open and willing to learn. Just try new things. Do as many different weird things as possible because you're young. This is your time to experiment. And as a youth, I'm told it's your job's to push the boundaries, to like question why things are the way they are. And art is a perfect way of doing that. How do you deal with failure? <laughs> I cry. <laughs> uh, I feel like, uh, and then I go and tell my friends and family like, uh, this is what's going on before I just like bottle it all up and like, have like these weird like horrible outbursts like on people for like no apparent reason <laughs> definitely if like reach out for help if you need it like professional help I've definitely talked to a lot of therapists I've definitely gone to my doctor like I'm diagnosed with depression and I'm taking antidepressants and honestly it's made it a lot better I'm able to take on more art projects now and not just like feel like I have no energy and no wealth so don't be afraid to ask for help. Again, there's so many people along the way that are going to be there to help you. Is there a specific piece of advice advice that has influenced you that you come back to a story or a quote or somebody who just said or did something that, that you hold as like a seed of, um, of inspiration and carry with you that you could share? Ernie Vales, uh, he was... He had a solo exhibition at the Graffiti Art Gallery. He's like the grandfather of graffiti. He's one of the f 
first people to start even doing like 3D lettering and stuff. Like I would just in that community, he's just the king. He is awesome. He's amazing. And I, he came up to me and like went out of his way to talk to me. Like I was just volunteering and helping out. And I let him know as an artist, I'm like a starving artist and struggling. And maybe one day I'll be awesome like you. And he was like, no, don't ever carry that mentality. Like you are, you're valuable now. Your knowledge, skills, abilities, your experience are all valuable now. And just keep working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what advice would you give to yourself as the artist um, you were 10 years ago? Don't party as hard as you did. (laughs) (laughs) Seems to be a reoccurring one that people say. (laughs) Yeah. Like, honestly, like I've slept through some really important things and it did not look good on my part. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you do commit to something, do do it or like give them like more than 24, four hours or 30 minutes notice, like, be respectful of other people's time is something that I've learned along the way. Yeah. <laughs> That's real. That's real. That's good advice. <laughs> if you know that you're going to sleep the next day, don't book something the next day. That is basically what I'm, I'm te- telling myself every day. <laughs> so what's your dream project? If there were no restrictions on time or money, what would you create? Oh, man, I just want to paint larger. I want to do, like, super large-scale murals, like 10 stories, 12 stories large. Uh, I would love to learn from some of these amazing artists out there, like Shepard Fairey. Like, that would be sick. And just learn more from Risk, all these amazing artists out there. I just, yeah, Mm. my goal is just to make more art and hang out with cool people. See what happens. (laughs) <laughs> how did you how did you get into the graffiti world like how what was that interest like when did that start for you um because I went to the graffiti art gallery for their urban canvas program I just know I wanted to be an artist and I did a lot of like illustrations and drawings and then through that program I got to like try all these different mediums like watercolor they like let us try spray paint. We did our first like mural project together, like as a group, cause there was eight of us and just like the mural project, like doing something that large and then like the public aspect of it, like it was for other people and it wasn't just like me, but like we type deals and not just in a gallery space, but like it's the mural that we got to create during that program was for this uh like this school that it's still there now and they really like it and I'm like oh awesome yeah so and then because like Pat Lazo he's uh the artistic director there he's also a talented graffiti artist tattoo artist and he brings down all these amazing artists and they just influenced me and then the street art aspect that uh, like graffiti is always like outdoor public spaces type deals that's what I love about it the bright bold colors behind it the like because those spaces are usually taken up by advertisements people who have money to take up their spaces to put up their messages and here I'm going to do it because I can although I don't 
I've never done the vandalism aspect. I've always had permission to paint on these buildings. And I suggest if you're doing art, ask for permission to, because uh, you don't want that stuff on your record. It's, it's, and it's a big fine. My friend got like $500. Really? For just this like little sticker, like she wheat pasted on. Yeah, don't do that. That's bad, man. Use canvas, ask for walls. <laughs> <laughs> or be very, very smart. <laughs> mm, yeah, I just don't run. I'm like six two. I can't hop a fence. I can't climb anything. So that's that that's not that's not for me. It's yeah, I don't have the skills or ability to do that. Yeah. And it seems like graffiti's shifted into like the popular art market enough that most times people are stoked to have um murals and paintings on their walls. Whereas when it was first coming out, it was taboo. So it's changed yeah. a little. And just like definitely I've seen it a lot more in like just Fancy galleries, collectors are looking for just like the next up and comings type deals. It's really interesting before because Pat, he was older than me and he grew up in that time where none of that was cool. And you were always compared, like always looked at as like a vandal, like a criminal when really you're like just an artist and you just don't have the space to make your art. Mm. And now people like are starting to take it as a legitimate form and style and like allowing us to take these spaces, especially with these mural festivals going on and things, which is super cool. Yeah. How does it make um, like the elders of the graffiti world feel? Are they down or is there a little bit of like um, angst around it being so acceptable? I have no idea. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I've never asked them that because I'm always like, Yo, teach me your spray can abilities. <laughs> You're like, I got to learn your skills before we dive into the philosophical about it. Yeah, man. <laughs> I know like Say Adams, uh, he's been down at the gallery a lot and he's amazing at talk like cuz he's he's worked with the Beastie Boys. He's has all this ex- he just like lived that whole life and he's really amazing about talking about it. So if you're going to ask those types of questions, totally ask him. Yeah, I'll be hitting yeah. him up next. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just don't know how to get a hold of him. I'm sure he's like a super busy human. I just, yeah. <laughs> That's cool, though. It's good to have people like that as resource, you know, because as we talk about these conversations about elders and stuff, I think within the art world, it's important for us to acknowledge like the people who paved the way for us to have space to like even be engaging here, you know? Oh, definitely. So, um, so this is your soapbox moment. If you had one thing you could say to the world and you use this podcast as your platform, what would it be? Just be kind to one another. That's about it. If you don't like them, just cross the street, walk away. <laughs> mm. That's about it. Oh, and let's have lots of fun. <laughs> hey, wait, what was that I know last I'm going to have so much fun in Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. I know the festival is from the 13th to the 21st of August. Uh, and for anyone who's listening, just definitely check out, like, lots of gallery websites because there's always those like calls and submissions make lots of art it's fun it takes you weird places
even know where my mind is I don't even know where to find it Scribbling but I look like I find it Put things together just with a side fit Won't stay distracted cause there's a fine chick Trying to stay focused to design sh I'ma keep trying don't care what the time is But yeah this chick is a dime Trying to impress anyone All I'm doing is trying to have me some fun If I enjoy it, you know, I'ma get it redone If I explore it, I'ma pass it on to my son Getting confused, so I'ma go for a run Get some fresh air and catch me some sun I'm traditional, so don't call me a nun I ain't a hood rat, so I don't roll with a gun I'm something you wouldn't call normal And the way I rap, I wouldn't call formal Whatever comes out of straight from the torso Track. Gotta control these hormones, gotta spit fast Or be laying in bones, I'ma yell, don't care about high tones Just spit it to this beat on my headphones This isn't what I normally do, ain't doing this to try and be cool Learn to express me, reason for school If I don't go, I'ma feel like a fool But angers me, wanna have to follow the rules But understand, so I'm using these tools Not depending on them like the rest of these Sitting and learning rich, charging my fuels Taking it day by day, so I have something to say Trying to get that pay, and I'll do it anyway But don't think that way, cause you know I don't play I ain't great, like the daughter of Billy Ray Her mood's really great, she'll take it anyway But if she came up to me, I'd avoid getting late I'm Canadian, I got to keep it cool, eh If I warm up, I'd take her by the bank Because I'm free, not gonna try for you, it's all about me. Believe